Thank you. Beautiful. Good morning. So today is part three of the uh, series, uh, Insights from the Skeptic's Guide to Curiosity. For those of you that have been tagging along for this, we know that skepticism, a little bit of skepticism at least, can be a very healthy thing. And the foundation of skepticism is that we have doubts. I think we all have doubts. One of the reasons is we're naturally curious. I think part of our divine nature is to be curious. We go back to the example of the toddler, curious about everything. And, and we maintain that energy, but sometimes we, we forget about it. So idle curiosity expresses as doubt, my opinion. So what I'm encouraging is, is when you recognize that doubt, that's your curiosity saying, hey, what are you going to do about this? If we act constructively and effectively on our curiosity, we start asking questions. We start exploring. We start looking for those answers. We ask. We listen. We consider. We decide. And if I didn't mention before, after we decide, we need to act on those decisions. You know, through thoughts, words, and actions, we live in the truth we know. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you a question. I hope it's getting familiar. I'm not asking you to, to answer out loud. I know I appreciate that, that this crowd likes to get involved. But just take the question inside. So the question is, what are you here for today? Or, you know, maybe more specific to this moment, how is your presence in this room, in this moment, um, contributing to your movement along your spiritual journey, your spiritual path. Because you get to choose that. That's the beautiful thing about the faith of unity is we get to choose. So while you're considering that, I just, as we end this series, I want to point out that what I hope for and what I'm intending is that you'll be asking yourself that type of question more frequently. Like, Every time you go somewhere, every time you call somebody, every time, what do I really want to co-create here? Because we're always co-creating. And we're either going to co-create by happenstance or by conscious intention. And when we ask ourselves a question first and take that extra moment to plan, to engage our, uh, our power of imagination, one of the 12 powers, more on that later, when we engage, then we're coming in alignment. And this is how curiosity fuels our spiritual growth. You know, because we say, hey, I'm going to come in alignment with, with my divine nature, with what I really want to create. And so we're not as reflexive in our response. We're more intentional. And we're engaging our consciousness. So, of course, the, the question is always, what about now? And so I want to come back to the big three questions. I all remember them. They're essentially, what happened? Or how did we get here? What are we doing here? And what are we going to do? Or you could just say, what happened? <laughs> What's happening? What will happen? You know, all these questions basically revolve around the, the time-space continuum of past, present, and future. And my encouragement is that the only question that really matters, or I'll just say the most important of the three questions, because they all matter, is what are we doing now? What's happening? 
How am I engaging? What am I co-creating? And our reflections and considerations of the past and the future are useful and, and powerful in how they inform how I'm going to act right now. So that, with that all in mind, let's bring it all together. I will, I'm inviting you, encouraging you, or demanding. You put whatever word you want on it. If, I, if you need me to be your authority, I will be. You must do it. Yeah. People often say, tell me what to do. And then they won't do it. <laughs> Take these three questions and apply them to the situation you're in. Collectively, living in unity. Which is, were we taking this Unity Spiritual Center of Westlake? I mean, you're in a transition. It's changing. Of course, it's always changing. But some changes seem a little bigger than others. Because you had a leader in place and a very dynamic, a very powerful, and a very versatile leader. And that leader has moved on their journey. And here you are. And together, collectively, as you affirmed a few moments ago, and, and, and in many other ways, you're working together to create what's next. And, and, and there's a lot of potential for what that could look like. I mean, infinite potential. And, and it, it's interesting to me, just as I look at the, the broader experience of change happening in, uh, I'll just say the world, for lack of a better word, you know, there's, there's this specific change of leadership shifting and, and consciousness shifting because, you know, a leader holds a consciousness. A congregation holds a consciousness. I mean, it's very complex, very subtle, a lot of layers to it, a lot of texture to it. But there's also bigger things going on, like the whole experience we're having with COVID and how that's impacted the way we're doing things. So, you know, now church is online a lot more. Not only church. I mean, who spends their day on Zoom instead of going to the office? Many of you, I'm sure. So there's, and that's kind of opened up new possibilities of, oh, maybe we can do things different. It just makes the whole challenge of creating what you're going to be moving forward a lot more, I'm going to use a simple word, interesting. <laughs> so I want um, to engage all of you because, you, as I mentioned last week, there isn't one church. There's, there's as many churches as there are people, at least that many, and maybe more, because each one of you comes here, you have a, a question and a, and a, and a mission, and, and you're, you're coming here to answer that question, uh, or at least part of it. And, and what happens here is, is part of that for each of you, and yet collectively, uh, there's enough common purpose and energy that we can have a service that you know, isn't um, like the United Nations where every one of you has a headphone and maybe I'm talking, but each one of you gets an individualized message. You know, <laughs> we haven't quite got to that level of technology, but but there is this 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 paradox where we're one, and yet we're all extremely unique individuals in God. So. My, my son plays football for the Hudson High School. He's a sophomore, so he, he watches the football on Friday and he plays on Saturday. But just, I don't know. I guess this is so obvious. I don't even know why I need to say it out loud, but what I've noticed is 
because there is football, there is this amazing purpose in, in at least hundreds, maybe thousands of people's lives. Like, because we've decided uh, to do this thing and have a football team and a football schedule and a football game, I mean, there's players, there's coaches, there's trainers, there's a band. The band organizes around that. And then there's all the things that the band does that, you know, the best band in the land uh, to go to Hudson. At least that's what they claim. Uh, and then there's, but there's other people. There's, there's the, the people who built the stadium. There's the people who make the equipment. There's the doctors. There's the concession stand. And, and, and there was a popcorn truck showed up. Like, because we decide to create football, all these wonderful possibilities of co-creation come. And people engage. And it's actually just wonderful to see all the different textures. And I thought, well, that's just what's happening here. Because you guys have decided to have Unity Spiritual Center and actually have a service on a Sunday, at least hundreds of people are impacted. I know there's not hundreds of people here in this room. I don't know how many people are out there. But you're all part of that. But it goes way beyond that. You, know, you throw the stone in, and then the ripples go. And there's so much that happens. I guess the only way to... To really appreciate it is to just perish the thought, go to the place where it isn't happening. <laughs> what if it didn't exist? You know, what if someone didn't, um, someone or some group of people take that initial risk to say, let's do this. Let's come together in unity. And here you are, the shepherds of it, the stewards of it. You're carrying it forward. It's a great responsibility. It's a great privilege. And I just, as you're in the transition, you know, there's some anxiety. There's got to be. I know we talk about the, you know, the, the positive affirmation and holding the vision, but we're also human. And so there's that, that gap between, okay, I was comfortable, even if I complain uh, a little sometimes, just a skosh. Um, but I know something else is coming, and I wonder what that's going to look like, and I still hope it looks like this, and so I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, today in, in the few moments that we have. Let me just check in with myself. Oh, I want to talk about the arc of the spiritual practice. Again, uh, when I first started, uh, Roberta or, or Greg said, hey, you, you need to do this. Oh, okay. So I thought about doing it. Now that it's complete, I'm like, oh, wow. I sometimes wonder if I'm in charge at all, because it just seems like it's come together so naturally uh, as an art. We began week one by really just saying, let's take a pause. When we want to engage with somebody, when, or if somebody's engaging with us, you know, especially if they're hostile, um, let's take a pause and use curiosity. Let's just ask a question, like, how can I, you know, uh, hey, what is it you're, it feels like you're coming at me. What, uh, is that what you're trying to do? Or, or just you're going to meet with your son and you say, hey, what do I really want to create in this interaction? And then we moved to step two, which was, okay, now we're, we're in curiosity and we're asking questions, but now let's focus on the good. Let's find the good. We, we pulled the scripture from, from Philippians, from Paul, and you know, said, hey, if there be anything good. So let's basically let's focus on kindness and compassion with our curiosity. And now step three 
is coming up. There it is. Back with Paul. Uh, same chapter, really. And, and now it's like, let's go deeper. Let's not just be affirming the good we see in each other. Let's get empathetic. Let's walk in their moccasins. Let's put ourselves not thinking about, well, what am I creating in this? But let me try to truly reach out and focus on what they're thinking. What does it say? It says, let each of you not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. This is a good thing to do. By the way, if you're ever at an engagement, party, whatever you want to call it, social scene, and, and you're not sure what to do, just ask somebody a couple questions get them talking about themselves. Usually fills the space. And in the process, you come together in unity. You learn something. Empathy, interest. So as you're working together and you're thinking about, what do I want to create at Unity Spiritual Center? Think about that. That's very important that you do that. And also, get really interested in what Shannon wants. Wait, is that right? Yeah, okay. Um, or Greg. I don't know everybody's name. I hope you do. Or learn them. You know, that's part of it. Like, be together in unity. Because this thing that you have created, co-created, is pretty special. I know I'm loving being part of it. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. And, you know, you may be thinking somebody's going to come do it for you, but really, you're going to do it. Oh, here's, here's something you can use. Another couple, here's some curiosity tools that you can use on, in this process. One is the platinum rule. You've all heard the golden rule? Treat others as you'd like to be treated. Platinum rule requires this. Treat others as they'd like to be treated. That's the platinum rule. We're going to up this, okay? I, I guess maybe platinum is better than gold. A couple other just quick things is we're moving away from why questions, which tend to make people defensive, into more explorative what questions. What is your purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? And even further, help me understand, you know, what it looks like from your perspective. Um, we're, I know you're all over this for, for a long time. Take that but word and replace it with and, okay? Also, let's move from if questions to how questions. So I'll talk a little bit about this more, but let's give you a how question. Because people say, um, I wonder if you would be our minister. I've heard that question a few times. I say, ask yourself, how am I already? <laughs> your minister? How am I being your minister? Like, this morning? I'm it. <laughs> so, it's already happening. Now, maybe you're asking something different. We'll get to that. But, shift from if to how question. And then lastly, drop the phrase, I know, which can really be challenging and exclusive, and replace it with, I believe. That's, I'm only, that's empowering because I'm affirming me, but I'm leaving some flexibility for possibilities of alternative points of view. These are very subtle differences in language, and yet they're very powerful in, in, in creating unity. So, you know, the, the, the uh, talk title is The Consequences of Living in Unity. I just want to go through a couple of these. They're fun, perhaps. But, uh, okay, so a surgeon and a pediatrician walk into a room. It's a paradox. 
I know. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but uh, no rim shot. But uh, all right, unity is full of paradoxes. At least they appear that way. And the reason I'm bringing this up as you're working on creating community and 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 your steps forward is, if you're in the club, you know we use language in unity. And, and, and we say a lot of things, and if, if you're familiar with the language and the perspective and the context, it makes perfect sense. One of the things that makes it difficult for people outside of unity, who we would like to say, why aren't more people joining this party? I just don't get it. It's so great. Well, a lot of things, if the paradoxes confuse people, so much of what we do in unity is in consciousness, where infinite and absolute can exist. But we also live as human beings in physical expression, and you know what? It's clumsy there. We say things like, for example, there's only one power. But come to the workshop, we're going to talk about 12 powers. Well, wait a minute. Now, inside the club, we know that it's like a diamond, and it's just all the different facets reflecting through our expressions that are the 12 powers. But, you know, we, we always say, it's all good. <laughs> It's all good. Everything's good. What do you mean everything's good? You know, I mean, not in my world. Well, it's all, it's our job to find the good in everything is really what we're saying. We also say in the vernacular outside of unity, it's all good, which is kind of like no worries, no problem. I catch myself, I've been thinking about that phrase a lot, and I'm like, man, I'm saying this a lot. Um, it's a big tent. Unity is a big tent because we're very open and accepting. You know, Charles and Myrtle weren't trying to create a faith or a religion. They were just trying to explore, or not trying, they were doing, being the exploration of truth and, and exercising the, the Christ consciousness powers through them. And, and that evolved into here. We are. So we're open to, you know, any faith can be improved by the work that Charles and Myrtle started. So whatever you believe is cool. We can still be part of our tent. But that creates some tension as you're looking for what is this church going to look like, what's that new minister going to be, and which part of the tent are they going to favor? Are they going to favor? I think a lot of people end up in unity because kinder, gentler experience. They still like the structure and, and authority of the old church. I can't just see more like church just nice, you know, on one extreme. And then you got folks that it's a new thought faith, which is about consciousness and Christ consciousness. But there's new age. What is new age? Well, new age is. They also are trying to get in a tune with God, but New Age brings in some mechanical means and things like crystals or wind charms. And, 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 and I don't even know everything about it, but there's room for that in unity. But some folks are saying, well, we need to go more that way. So you have this big challenge of keeping the big part open for everybody, being uniquely individual and exploring all those curious paths and yet still being as one. And the words we use are so important through thoughts, words, and actions, and yet our language can unify us, it can also separate us. You know, I think I mentioned the story of the Tower of Babel or Babel last week. But, I mean, just look at the, the Catholic Church. They still do some things in Latin. And I don't think that many people speak Latin. For centuries, they did only in Latin. And, and it really kind of put this idea that only the people who understand Latin and are priests can talk to God. We're going to get the message from God. We're going to interpret. We're going to give it to you. That doesn't live here. 
It doesn't live here. But, you know, sometimes just be careful about the language. Sometimes I've heard it called unity speak. And you know, maybe sometimes maybe I use my language to kind of cover up my own spiritual insecurities. And at least I sound good up here. Uh, you know, if the person doesn't, once again, we're thinking about the other person. If they don't know what you mean by what you're saying, you could be creating some intimidation, separation. Okay. Fifth thing. Um, what I love about unity? The freedom. What, what not everybody in the world likes is the responsibility that comes with the freedom. Just tell me what to believe, will you? Oh, we don't have dogma. Yes, we do. <laughs> unity has all kinds. We have five basic principles. The inherent truths. There's dogma. So, like, don't get all thinking like, hey, we're not dogmatic. It's like, you know, just how do we, not if we have dogma, how do we have dogma? Just, I'm saying these things because I want you all to be thinking about each other and, 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 and also being more open, more inclusive. Uh, unity means oneness. But as Bono sings, we're one, but we're not the same. We got to carry each other. Okay. I'm not going to finish, okay? But my wife does kind of get excited when I do Bono. Um, so, I've only, uh, just a, a couple minutes to wrap things up. On your search for the minister, please be wary, or at least aware, of falling into the Messiah complex. Your minister is not your savior. They're not, you all have questions. The minister is going to answer some of them for each of you and not all of them for every one of you. And you may or may not find somebody like your former minister. She's special. And every minister is special, but they're special in their own way. And they're not going to give it to you. Jesus was not the Messiah. Well, I don't want to get into the metaphysics of that, but Jesus is not the Savior, right? We call him what? The? Way shower. Guide me. Show me the way. That's what your minister will be. And by the way, and so are you. I'll show the minister the way. Yeah. And in and, and, and more gentler ways as well. <laughs> but I, I just think if you're through this process, know that like the board's working on it, you got a search committee probably, you're all part of it. You know, be part of it. Find the way that you find your place in it. But don't think that, boy, as soon as we name a minister, we're all going to feel better. Because now you'll just shift to, okay, here's what I like about him, here's what I don't. You know, leadership is tough. You're all leaders. Work in co-creation with that minister. There's no savior. You don't need saving. We don't believe that in unity, do we? By the way, I'm not the Messiah. But it's not if I'm your minister, it's how am I. I'm part of this with you. I'm going to help you through this. In some degree, I'm here right now saying these things. That's part of my, me helping. And I'm not, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be around a couple more times at least. So I'm going to continue to be part of this process with you. I'm excited about your process. Um, I'll be here in October. I'll be here in December probably. Uh, still working on details. So, bringing it all together, I am excited what you will co-create, and I am honored that I am able to contribute. So please, I, 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 this word's not the right word, but please be good soldiers. <laughs> uh, 
uh, warriors for God. I, I don't know. There's, there's a better word. Find it for me. Co-create with me. And, but be good soldiers and embrace God's love. And, and focus on your love of each other. You know, focus on the other. You'll be amazed what you find. It, it will expand your heart. It will expand your mind. Focus on your love of each other and move forward in the embrace of the divine love. God is love. Life is love. And you, you are love.